Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Baby, are we on a slope to almost scary nowhere on Riverdale <laughs> right now? We are talking about season three, chapter 50, the American dream. Because, man, <laughs> we're waiting for it. We're waiting for the explosion. We know it's going to come soon. Hi, Molly. Hey, how are you? How are uh, you doing? Hi, hi, Jackie. I'm, you know, I'm all right. I think almost scary nowhere is just a really perfect uh, encapsulation of what's going on in Riverdale right now. And it's different than usual because, you know, we watch Pretty Little Liars every week and almost scary nowhere should be the name of that show. You know, like, <laughs> like it takes a long time for shit to happen on that show but in Riverdale usually it's like oh one episode of Riverdale and you could have like you know massive life changes in every single like you know Archie gets mauled by a bear and you know that's just like a normal day in Riverdale that's just like a thing that was just that was just a part of an episode that barely 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 get it barely was referenced um, that he was attacked by a bear. That's true. But to be fair, Archie has, in this last like series of like three to four kind of slow-ish episodes we've had, Archie has been stabbed. So I guess they're keeping up with that. Yeah, know. that's right. Yeah, he did get stabbed by a little boy. That's a slow day in Riverdale, though. It is. I have been... Um, Usually I watch Riverdale with friends and over the past couple of episodes I've been watching it by myself and this last one I was just like yelling at the screen of just like what are you do like what is it hap like you never trust can we just go ahead and say you never trust Hiram Lodge can we just have that as a staple of of Riverdale canon we don't trust Hiram Lodge Archie don't trust him you don't trust him well Archie don't trust him I was having a conniption fit last week, but I'm having a bigger one this week. Veronica. Veronica Lodge. I just, Veronica Lodge is officially the new dumbest character of Riverdale. Thank you. Thank you. I have never hated Veronica more. Each week, I hate her more than thought was possible. She Previously possible. <laughs> this... Like, what we learned in this episode is that Hiram Lodge, we already knew it, but we what we learned in very official, absolutely undeniable way in this episode is that Hiram Lodge's effort to kill Archie uh, included printing 
12 cards G&G cards 12 that say, of them <laughs> 12 challenge cards for G&G that say kill the red paladin and distributing them throughout Riverdale so that every so that 12 different like sects of G&G obsessed people in Riverdale would be trying to kill Archie and we like we again we already knew like Archie ran to Canada to flee Hiram Lodge's persecution and so we already knew this but just every week it is confirmed more and more that Hiram is a murderous uh you know criminal you don't trust me he's conniving he is he's been working on all of these little plans to ruin Riverdale in so many different ways and every week, Veronica's like, Daddy, maybe I should reconsider my alliance with you. And Archie now this week is like, oh, thanks, Mr. Lodge. Oh, it's really great working oh. together. Oh, yeah. No, I really liked it. Let's talk about Veronica. Let's let's get into the meat of what's going on with Veronica this episode. Can we just say this is the first time, um, thank Christ, Reggie is finally standing up for himself. Yes, that was refreshing. So as we all know... Veronica moved real fast from Archie to Reggie because Reggie essentially is taking care of her at Le Bon Nui, right? He's right. he's all he's everything for. Her. He even gave his precious car to Gladys Jones as part of what Veronica owed him, right? He he's like he, her little sex manservant. Like he does everything for her work he runs the business he's the muscle he's like for the bar like the above ground business he's also like stealing from his own father uh yeah. you know yeah, I forgot like about that to save her uh he's the he's the the muscle he's her sex toy like he is his entire life is Veronica says jump and art and Reggie says how high and yeah and in this episode finally he was like uh, can I be a business partner? And this also illustrated some ambiguity as to whether or not he was ever getting paid. Which I don't think he was. So he was never getting, I don't think he was ever getting paid for because any of the stuff that he was doing. Just getting paid in kisses. And that's not enough. <laughs> Although I would definitely pay him in kisses because, man, Reggie is hot. Reggie is hot. Hotter than, well, uh, I was going to say hotter, hotter than, than, I think hotter than Archie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could, I, I would understand the case that he's hotter than Archie. I don't know if I would make it myself. But uh but I yeah, understand. Veronica he asks, "Can I be a business partner and equal?" Veronica, bitch that she is, comes back bitch. and is like, "Um, here, here's a salary." Instead, so making it suggesting that he had been working for her like 20 hours of the day for months and she had never been paying him and he's like she's like oh how about instead of making you an equal i just pay you for the work you've been doing uh, isn't that nice isn't that so nice as a business owner but also is she just standing around are they they are si selling cocktails right alcohol not just mocktails anymore yeah, yeah. they just the, that's another thing that happened in this in this episode riverdale is now just very openly having teens just drink in bars yeah which you know, teens, whatever, I'm not, like, necessarily against it, but it is just strange how they're... It's, it's as if they forgot that the, that the characters are still teens. Because they're just, teenagers. like, in bars pouring themselves drinks. And I'm like, it's not even, like... If it was a show with teens and the teens were, like, drinking, then that would be one thing and realistic. But the fact that they're just, like, teens... It's a show about teens who own Owning bars. running a bar. <laughs> and just drinking openly in front of adults. I'm like, this is not really how being a teen works. <laughs> 
<laughs> because and as we know that, um, so we'll we'll get into all the other storylines, but also Veronica really stirs the pot in this episode by telling Betty that Gladys Jones is taking over the Fizzle Rocks portion of Riverdale that now Hiram Lodge is quote unquote giving up, even though we all know quote unquote he's not giving this up. There's right. no he still has his fingies in it. Yes. But of course. Also, Veronica Lodge like why do you have to tell these secrets? No one is good at secrets in this show. <laughs> Keep it a secret. It's not going to change anything. You don't think he's going to find out? Jughead and Betty, of course, are going to find out. Yeah, I mean, Veronica... Right, so Veronica violated the confidence of Gladys, but really, that's her own problem because it's going to... It's not like Gladys it's told her a secret to as her. a friend. Right, she was like, don't tell Jughead like, or else I own you and... You'll be in trouble. And so now it's going to come back to Veronica because she's the only person. And it and it obviously will because by the end of the episode when Jughead confronts his mom about it and she's like, oh, I know exactly how you found out your fucking friend Veronica. Yeah, yeah of course. And then she's going to be in the shit later on. But we'll deal with that as it comes because right now we have other more pressing things to talk about like Gladys Jones. Mm. Let is get, let us get into it. This episode is called The American Dream, and of course, it starts off with Jughead's narration of what is the American Dream. And technically, he's right. FP does have the American Dream right now. He went from the bad side of the tracks, became sheriff of a town. His whole family's together, and now, which how did you feel about the fact that Gladys Jones was the anonymous buyer of the Cooper House? We knew it would be somebody. We called it last week that it was going to be somebody big, but I, I thought it would be an evil person. I didn't know it would be the Joneses. I mean, technically, Gladys Jones is the new evil person. She's the new Hiram. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I do love, I love that they brought in another evil person that is a strong female character that is just like, hell no, you think he's fucking shit up? I'm all come and fuck shit up. I'm all come and fuck shit up. And she's like, hell yeah, you are. I love Gladys Jones. One thing I, I will say about Riverdale is that the women and, you know, the older women and the younger women in it are all fucking fantastic characters. And they're not that thing where we had for a while in like the 2000s where you could have like a strong female character and it was just like a super one dimensional, like had to be good, uh, had to yes, be brave. Or had to be evil. Or, or you know, had to be like, right. Because Gladys Jones has so many different di like uh, dimensions right. that we know overall she's evil. Right. But at least she's feigning the idea because I think that that's the best part about women, not to be sexist here, is the manipulation to be like, no, 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 but I'm doing it because I love you. I'm doing all of this and not in like, a, I'm doing it because I love you. It's like, no, I'm going to get the family back together. And meanwhile, though, you have to remember because in the recap before the episode, it showed again that Jelly Bean was like, I've got daddy wrapped around my finger. And I was like, mm -hmm. mm, that's going to come back into play soon. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm absolutely rooting for Gladys. Uh, but yeah, she's a fantastic character. And, you know, and I, I mean, right. So now Jughead is kind of the, I, feel, I think the kind of tension presented in this episode is that Jughead is caught between, you know, it's this like flip, right? Where it used to be when we meet Jughead, his dad is the criminal, uh, you know, he, his mom is gone. He like has no family and he is like really conflicted about his like criminal dad. And now in this episode, uh, you know, several years later, or maybe it's like four months later. I'm not sure how time works. Lord, no. I mean, I think, yeah, I think it's 
months. I think it's once a year. <laughs> I think maybe every episode is just a day. Oh, no, it's one day. school year, I'm assuming. Yeah, it's one, one school, school year. year. But and now we have, like you said, we have uh, F.P. Jones is like le- legit now. He's uh, trying to keep his family together. He is like so happy that his wife and daughter are back. And he's like trying to be like Mr. Family Man. And then yeah. you have mom is back. But mom is like Jughead is like so happy to have his mom back, I think. But also mom can't be trusted. But can I just say that I have... A little bit of fundamental um, disagreement with the premise that the American dream is that that FB and maybe Riverdale is doing this purposefully, but the whole show, the whole episode is like FP has turned his life around. FP is is on the good side of the tracks now. FP has it all together. FP is straight now, right? But how did he get there? From a totally criminal deal with Hermione Lodge. Totally murdering and covering up the murder of a sheriff. Yes. (laughs) But. (laughs) And he's also providing, he's providing, um, what is it called? When the cop comes in and says, hey, you're bad, but you're not that bad. Wink. Protection. Cover-ups. Protection. (laughs) The protection of all of the different various gangs. In Riverdale, yeah, he's right. He did a he did a murder cover up, several murders because there was also the tall boy murder. Several, oh yeah, dude, <laughs> several murder like like, and we're talking like a corpse under his bed <laughs> level of <laughs> cover up to get this job. And right, and also he's got a street gang like training as his like unofficial vigilante police <laughs> squad and the whole episode is like wow fp you're so legit now he's so straight now <laughs> he's just t- really doing it. you're turning 50 and i'm just so proud that you're so legit it's all by criminal means <laughs> it's all lies which is great but how did you but how did you feel though when because so at gladys and fp jones now own the cooper house man when alice cooper came into his sheriff's hole mm-hmm. and it was just like but what about me yeah do that you was love her and he's but also mm-hmm. when she said do you love her he, uh, do you love her referring to gladys jones and he said she's the mother of my children mm. who else is the mother I mean, of your children fp it's just, but then that's the whole thing is like is that ever gonna come out but i also think that like you don't burn Alice Cooper, especially with all this farm shit going down. I feel like she's going to come back and her love and him destroying her heart is going to fucking come back and get him. Oh. going to fucking come back and get him. You don't throw Alice Cooper away. We hadn't seen a lot of interaction between Alice and FP in a long, long time. And I was no. so happy that they put that scene in there to like bring back that storyline of like, yeah, FP and Alice have this like, l- like long, l- you know, intense emotional history together. And, and sh- sure, it makes sense that some feelings are dredged up now that Gladys is back in town. But and they're not, and they're not communicating properly as a couple that fell back in love with each other. And that's definitely going, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen, and I don't know what it is, but I I know it's going to have to do with the farm, and it's going to have to do with that house, and I wonder if they put anything in the house. The fact that she's just like, I know that she wants to get rid of the past and whatever, whatever. I was like, the house is booby-trapped. She put some sort of Gargoyle King something in there to make it be like, come here, the Gargoyle King. I feel like they did something to the house. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be, I think it's just like, you know, the whole thing is a facade, right? And again, I don't know, with Riverdale, you never know whether they're, do, they're doing something on purpose, but like, right. you know, the whole theme of this episode is, again, how how straight and how strong and how legit FP is now, but of course he's not, right? And he doesn't even know that his wife, right? Am I wrong? He doesn't yet yet know that Gladys is here to be like the drug queen. No, he doesn't know because Jughead chose at the end of the episode not to tell him in front of everyone in the town, which is very smart. Thoughtful of Jughead. That might have been the... I think that might have been one of the smartest things he's ever done. It was like, good for you for not outing your mother, your very violent, scary mother, in front of everyone in the town. Good for you. But also, it was a really touching moment between father and son. He's like, I'm proud of you. I'm proud to share your name and all that stuff. I know that he's not legitimate, whatever, whatever, but also he's a hot daddy and I love FP. He's an extremely hot daddy. He's, oh, good Lord. He does right by his family. He does. And I find that very attractive. Listen, the fact that FP is a criminal is not a turn off to me. It is a turn on. If any, you know, I was less turned on. You're turned on by him in the sheriff outfit. I am not. I'm much more turned on by him being the vigilante that he is. Uh, And so I have no problem with the fact that FP is still a criminal, Uh, you know, that he got his his sheriff outfit by criminal ways. But I am worried that they are setting the Jones family up for a big fall because they're going to move into this house and... And they are not the Coopers. They, are, I mean, obviously the Coopers had a lot of bad stuff going on too. Serial killer daddy, but yeah, uh, but they are not like they can't move it. They, you can't just be like, oh yeah, now I have the American dream. All of a sudden, I got it by doing two murder cover ups, and my wife is a drug queen, and now <laughs> you know, now we're just going to be this wholesome family that lives next door to uh, you know to the Andrews and stuff. Like, I just am afraid that they're going to move into that house, and it's all going to fall apart, and it's all going to be highlighted. Like the fact, like Joe is going to feel and FP both. I feel like they're they're going to feel like we never deserved this. Uh, we never could actually come we could never make this switch from one side of the tracks to the other because we're always going to yeah. be serpents you know well i feel like gladys jones is eventually going to destroy the house by making it some sort of thug hangout you know what uh. i mean or is that she keeps saying that she's going to get a real job or is she going to turn like the like behind the house she's going to turn that into a garage i feel like she's going to do something to make it a hub of of gang warfare. You know oh, what I that's mean? interesting. Yeah, bring the south side, bring the other side of the tracks to the right side of the to, tracks. To the north side, baby. Then we're I just, like that. I feel like this is just an infiltration, which makes me love it even more. But also, like you were saying, it, you know, things just happen on Riverdale. Sometimes it means something, sometimes it doesn't. Like the end of last episode when Betty Cooper set the house on fire but didn't do it very well. And it didn't matter at all. Like, it nothing. It didn't matter. <laughs> they were just like, oh, okay. At all. The, the house is burned. Like, Literally, that plot point did not matter whatsoever. At the end of that episode, she was like, I have a feeling that everything will be okay. And and the next episode, is just like, oh, a corner of the house is burned. Yeah, yeah, no, that was like a candle thing. Don't worry about it. You're still buying the house, though, right? Everything's fine. Can we also just say that I don't know what, what Taylor makes FP's sheriff outfits, but man, do they cut that out? I've never seen such a sexy sheriff's outfit before. It fits him so well. Just every, I was staring at his waist and I'm not saying I was staring at his penis. I'm saying I was staring at his waist and how it just like hugs him in all the right ways, but then hugs his bristling muscles up top too. <laughs> Mm. Oh man, the things FB does to me. And he's a good father. Yeah, he's a good father. 
He and he, you know, I think a lot about why it is that Daddy Skeet Ulrich is so much hotter than than like the craft Skeet Ulrich. Uh, yes. And I think it's the beard. I think his I think he doesn't Ooh, have yeah. the best jaw, but with the beard, his face looks just like it just works for him in a way that being clean shaped like like again, I thought when I went back and watched the craft, I was like, I'm gonna love Skeet Ulrich in a way that I didn't know I did. And then I saw his face and I was like, Wow, you know? Because he's a baby in it too. We like daddies. We yeah. don't want the babies. That's true. Which is why, you know, you know, we started all of this because of how much I wanted to bone zone jughead. And that's really fallen by the waist for me and this is a big thing for me to say wow I don't want to bone although when he was giving the speech to his father he did look really sexy up on that stage he does have a way with words it still kind of gets me in my heart somewhere I was meant to ask you about this and I'm a little bit relieved to hear you say not that I ever judged you for liking Jughead but I I, I, I feel like I was judged I I never quite have And I always felt like I should. I felt like I had a deficit for not liking Jughead because he's the exact type of boy that I like, and especially that I would have liked when I was younger, like a sad poet boy uh, who wears, you know, baggy flannel shirts and stuff. But but what I had a realization this episode and, and forgive me, it's an ungenerous thing to say, but I think that Jughead's got very beady eyes. I understand because you know how I feel about Josh Hartnett with his beetle eyes. So I and usually see Jughead is usually not even my type. There's just something about him that was just so broody that was I was usually pretty into. Yes, right, right, right. And now the fact that you know he's just he's just not the same Jughead he used to be. But uh, how can you be with all these things going on? You know, (laughs) that's true. And I think right, but I guess right. I feel like I can imagine. I know they're two different people, but like I I can imagine having a crush on Jughead, but like not having a crush on like Dylan Sprouse even though they're like they look the same but it's Jughead's character right yes but oh like but also then you should see that movie that that Cole Sprouse is in about cystic fibrosis and see if you I can't wait to watch it no one will go see it with me and I was like I'm gonna wait until I was like I'm gonna go see it five feet apart I'm gonna go see it alone and I'm gonna enjoy it there is a genre of things made for teens right now that is like teens who are sick love stories about teens who are sick and it's not that they shouldn't make stories about people who are sick of course they should but there's something very very like disability porny about it like oh Oh, inspiration inspiration porny like oh inspiration porn we're all dying and we're all loving as we die and living and And I just wish we could have more time to love it's bad. It's bad. But like, oh, but then, of course, Jughead's there. And I'm like, all right, you dreamy little, little 20 something. I see what you're doing. I, oh, and I'm, I mean, I am here for it. You know what else I'm here for? Can we talk about these Cheryl and TT sex scene? Yes. What the hell? Oh, I mean, my. God. Another thing I love, I'll always love about Riverdale is how gay it is. It's fucking awesome. They got all these women characters who are, some are good, some are bad. It's, they don't have, women don't have to be one thing on this show. And they, they are so many gay characters in Riverdale and it's fucking awesome. And they just had this sex scene between Cheryl and Titi juxtaposed with an extremely high stakes, uh, 
uh, what was it? The, what was the high stakes that we will get into? You mean King of yes, the Mountain? Thank you. Yes, uh, yeah, King we of the will mountain. get into King of the Mountain. But I yeah. actually loved that that scene was going back and forth between like hot fuck, hot fuck, and then just like pow, pow, pow. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's why I love Riverdale. It was. It was like they know what the people want on the one hand, but on the other hand, I was like, this is such a strange montage because. The, the king of the mountain is extremely high stakes. It's like Archie has to survive 12 different people who want to kill downs. him, who want to beat him to death. And <laughs> so, so we're alternating back and forth between uh, that Arch will Archie survive finally <laughs> after the, 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 the curse that's been on him that, that Hiram Lodge put on him of people trying to kill him forever. <laughs> that is just cut back with this completely low stakes sex scene between just Cheryl sexy. and Pete. But, but, but it's not low stakes, Molly, because this is it. This is the end of their relationship. Yeah. You know those fucks. You've had those fucks in real life. Yeah, no, you're You know right. when you're having sex with someone, you're just like, I think this is the last time we're having sex. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So I'm just gonna like have a good time, really put my all into it because I really, really want to break up with this person. But I just want this one last. Can we just have this one last taste? Yeah, no, you're what? right. It could be, you know. Yeah, it was an, it was emotional. The, the emotional stakes were high, uh, because right because their relationship is falling apart. Because Cheryl v TT, and we all know what's going on with the pretty poisons, and the pretty poisons is TT's gang. Mm -hmm. But Cheryl does not like to be controlled. She is obviously a very controlling person. I didn't even realize that TT had officially moved in with Cheryl Blossom, which I didn't. I wasn't even thinking about that. But she had moved in to the, uh, what is it called? The maple syrup farm? Uh, what what do it? they call it? Um, oh, the, oh it has like I a, forget what it's called. I forget. It has, it has a cool name to it. it. Yeah, it has like a compound name. But yeah, they. I mean, yes. I think that they moved in out of necessity because TT like lived at the serpent camp. Um, yes. And then oh, when they got. Oh, that's right. That's right. When they got kicked out, she didn't really have another place to live, I don't think, but... Uh, and they weren't the ready for it. They weren't ready to live together. That's the thing. Yeah, they, they, they just turned into like an old married couple as soon as they moved in together. But then you also don't want... Again, I'm calling this now. I mean, I, obviously, with the, whatever this next musical episode with Heathers is going to be, but you don't fuck with Cheryl. I feel like it's the same thing that they're setting up with Gladys Jones. You don't fuck with Cheryl. And you doing this, and now that she's heartbroken... Get out of her way. I am now also like high key scared of Cheryl Blossom because she is upset and she's on the war path. And is she going to join? Is she going to try and get back in with the serpents? That's a good question. And go after the pretty poisons? Because I feel like I, I hope. Oh, God, I hope they get back together. I hope that because like, what do you think that was official breakup? You think that was like a like a breakup breakup? Well, I don't, I mean, my big question is, aren't they supposed to go to college together next year because Cheryl got TT that spot? Did get her into college, and she's going to pay for her college, right? I think so. They were moving very fast for a teenage relationship. Thistle House. It's called Thistle House. <laughs> That's what it's called. I've been just like in the back of my brain, like, what is it called? What is it called? What is it called? So, you know, these things are going down between our lovely ladies, which means we're not going to get any, unless we get hate fuck scenes in the future, and that I'm also, let me, let me watch it. How Also, when did they start, um, 
that every time Cheryl entered a scene, she entered in slow motion. Has that been happening for a while? Because I feel like every <laughs> part of Cheryl Blossom in this episode was just like, and she's just so sexy. It's a good question. I didn't notice, but I will start. I will start taking notes. Oh, it's slow motioned, baby. It is. It is. It's. They're really leaning into it, and I. Uh, but I get it. I wish my whole life was in slow motion. Can you imagine how long it would take for me to do anything, even though everything already takes so long for me to do? If everything in my life was just sexy and slow motioned up, like, 20%. That's all I'm asking. 20%. Yeah, well, and Cheryl, you know, she really knows how to command a room when she walks into it, so it makes sense that yeah, everything slows does. down. Good Lord, I want to kiss that mouth. Whatever lipstick she's using, I want it on my collar but now we got to get into the red palette and king of the mountain which i laughed and i laughed and i laughed when they were talking about it's like remember that remember that game we used to play when we were kids king of the mountain archie you always won king of the mountain so why don't we play it for you till death you ass. You know what? I was pretty good at Twister. Uh, does that mean I have to twist her to death? Are people going to have to attack me at some point in my life where it's just like, well, she was good at Twister, but can she can she do Twister with a bunch of people with knives for hands? <laughs> I was really good at Dance Dance Revolution. I <laughs> didn't want to do a high stakes. Be careful. You <laughs> got to be careful. That could be your death someday, Molly. Never tell anyone. Take this out of the episode. No one let that no one know you're good at DDR. Well, how about if you don't beat 12 people at Dance Dance Revolution, you die. <laughs> you die, you idiot. <laughs> so they so, and so Archie goes to Hiram Lodge. He's like, hey, how many people did you ask to kill me? He's like, eh, 12. And which and he's like, okay, thanks, Mr. Lodge. Oh, cool, cool, cool. All right, awesome. And then Hiram Lodge just gives him the keys to the boxing place that I guess he was working at, but then now Hiram Lodge owns, but now Archie owns? Yeah, I think Archie owns it. Because right, it's an abandoned, he's like, oh, it's an abandoned part of town, I think, that was something... I don't remember why he's he owns something, all something. the businesses down there. He owns it, and then he gives him the keys. Yeah, and at the end of the episode, he's like, "Keep them." <laughs> what? What is Archie going to do with <laughs> abandoned boxing gym? <laughs> what is he going to do with it? Obviously, he's not going to teach other people how to do it because the last kid he tried to teach how to box tried to stab him because <laughs> he had one of the quest cards. So now I also don't feel like all of those quest cards have been received. You know what I mean? I don't think this is really over. Yeah, right. I mean, somebody could have made a copy of them. Hiram Lodge could have been dishonest about how many there were. They um, were just laminated pieces of paper. Anyone can make a copy of that. <laughs> <laughs> Which, as seen by the fact that they just created a quest. They just created another quest. of like, how about you come kill the Red Paladin? Right, right. You could just make apparently these Apparently in this world, yeah, you could just make, you can make it up. You can do whatever you want. Another beef that I had with this plot point is that uh, Jughead says, like you said, oh, Archie, remember when you always won King of the Mountain? And they're like, yeah. And so then they play a game that is definitively not King of the Mountain. King of the Mountain is a game where you stand on top of a like a pile of snow in my childhood yes. or a hill. But like when, when oh, we would play Oh, you've heard it, of this game before. Yeah. I mean, when we would play it, so like it's a real game. 
And uh, you could play it on a hill, but like what the best way to play it was like when uh, when it snowed and they would like uh, plow the blacktop at school so that there was like yeah. big piles of, uh, of snow. Oh, of snow. And then you would stand on the t- somebody would stand on the top of the piles of snow and then the other kids would try to climb to the top of the mountain and the king of the mountain yeah. has to knock everybody down the hill. And it's extremely fun. Oh, so they fun. don't get to the top. Yes. King of the Mountain basically means you're defending the top of the hill. It's supposed to be played oh. on a hill, is what I'm saying. It's not just a boxing <laughs> match. Where you fight to the death, which apparently now it is. So I hope that kids don't just start playing this kind of King of the Mountain, where it's like only hand-to-hand combat, no weapons, one at a time. They got all these rules, which that was smart to do, rather than just all of them coming in at once. But when he's in it where it's like they send out the call of like meet the the red paladin here and that he's just gonna wait here. Also, the the rules of this version of King of the Mountain are they they have three minutes to knock down Archie. That's a long time in the boxing world, I'm assuming, to stand there and get punched by ten different people. Because two of the people with the quest cards are already gone. So that's ten different people that he had to fight. Yeah, is right? that I think that's right. I don't know how long a round is in boxing. Is it three minutes? But right, that's like That's what Jughead said. He's like, You have three minutes to knock him down or like get him out, and then if he get knocks you down, then it's immediately over. Uh-huh. And uh yeah, so he basically was in there for, you know, thirty six minutes being pummeled by people part of the quest was that he had to defend the mountain for 12 hours right thank christ they all came at once but also what were those gangs and what were those costumes yeah there was all these people who we had never seen before who were apparently also g and g players who also wanted to kill the red paladin which i guess is possible uh but at the same time riverdale seems like such a small town that there's literally like 20 people in it and they all know each other so like who are all these other people and who are all the there's just like a huge population of comic book nerds there well i think they're all just fizzle rock heads i think they've just been under rocks but at the same time if you think about it this is what i kept telling myself that most of them were all juiced up on fizzle rocks shouldn't he have been juiced up on fizzle rocks too he wouldn't do that, Jackie. No, I it's know, not fair. That's not what, that's that. not how I played the it's I wouldn't really be winning if I did that. I've got integrity. Yeah, <laughs> your your Archie is pretty spot on, by the way. <laughs> uh, because that is because you're right. And I just I'm still so curious about what Fizzle Rocks does to people. Yeah. Is that more of a heroine or is that more of a Molly? Because we know that Jingle Jangle was Molly, essentially. Basically, although but what is Fizzle Rocks? Riverdale has kind of like a Save by the Bell problem where they create these drugs. It's very nine. Their relationship to drugs is very nineties-y. Like yes. they create these drugs, and the drugs, like many drugs, don't cause you to absolutely immediately freak the fuck out forever. You know, like and right. and, and the way that we were told they did in the nineties, like oh, I smoked a joint and now my life is ruined, and I feel and now like now I'm over. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like uh, like Riverdale's portrayal of drugs is and it, and I know that they are hard drugs and they're being manufactured in a prison and those do tend to be the ones that hit you hard. <laughs> that's pretty seven. rough. And that's pretty rough. <laughs> so there's that. But I but like they're very vague about what the drug what type of drugs they are, whether they're stimulants or whether they're opioids or or and they're and so and and then 
it's just has like a very 90s like this is your brain on drugs oh everybody's so fucked yeah. up but we never actually uh it's a little bit talk uh, about it yes exactly we don't really know like is is everyone on an opioid is this a, is, is everyone on a stimulant like what is it you know i have no idea but all we know is that drugs are bad yeah it reminds me of the dare program it's like doesn't yeah. matter what it does right does it does it change you at all it must be bad it's like well then maybe stop drinking coffee you bitches but you know <laughs> that's just that's just me and my problem with the dare program but at the end of the day archie does one king of the mountain he wins king of the mountain he goes against captain golightly which i didn't remember captain golightly at all but i guess it was the uh because we meet so many people it was the warden's goomba who also had a card so they the, he had two people gunning to kill him inside of the uh inside of juvie that he wasn't even aware of so yeah grown men grown men really want to kill this kid yeah and he took down all of them and now apparently the quest is sated and i don't think that that's true it's definitely going to come back and especially the fact that hiram lodge gave him the keys to this boxing ring that he now just owns as an apology for sending 12 people out to go kill him but if archie i swear to god if Archie starts working for Hiram Lodge again and doesn't learn his lesson, I'm going to flip out. I mean... He can't start working for Hiram Lodge again. You can't. You can't. When does anyone in Riverdale ever learn their lesson? No, you're right. Ever. You're definitely right. Especially, in fact, I just went back to like the, the the conversation between Veronica and Betty when she was just like, um, I heard from a source that <laughs> this is happening, but it's a source. It's definitely a source. You don't know the source. Don't worry about my source, but I know that this is happening. That kind of shit. We're just like, learn your lesson. Stop talking about this shit. I, um, I love it. I love everything about it. I really loved King of the Mountain. I loved the fuck scene. Even though they're they are they're setting up yet another domino to be knocked down, especially next week with the Heather's the musical episode, which man did Cheryl Blossom just shut down Kev of just like no, we're not doing Godspell, which I thought it was funny that the farm wanted to do Godspell. By the way, musical no, that theater was great. nerd over here. Great. Oh yeah, that I I love a, I love a Godspell reference. I love a Godspell reference. In my brain, I was just like ah. Um, but they're gonna do Heather's the musical. This is gonna be fucking awesome. When that happened, I was like, oh hell yeah, yeah. Set it up. Set it up, I, Riverdale. Set it up, baby. And what is going to happen at this Heather's musical? I'm not sure. But, uh, oh, man, I forgot to talk about, oh, God, and how cringy, cringy, cringy it was when Cheryl Blossom slow-mo walked into La Bonne and T.T. and Ronnie were singing Call Your Girlfriend. That was fucking fantastic. These are the oh, moments in Riverdale oh, I live for. Love it. Call Your Girlfriend oh, on River. I was like, yes, what a great choice of song. <laughs> this is perfect. <laughs> Oh, good. Oh, God, I love Riverdale. I love Riverdale so much. I can't wait for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. Oh, and I forgot to talk about Daddy Brigade at Le Bon Nuit at the end of the episode when FP was, like, at his birthday party. No one else was there, but do you see the setup of, like, behind him? Oh, and when Luke Perry came on the screen. I know. It sends me chill. Like, it gives me weird chills. I know, he it's awful. He came on the screen, and I was just like, but you're dead. It's awful. You're it's dead. like, there's something so, like, devastating about seeing him on screen now. It's really terrible. Especially knowing that they just shot this weeks ago. Yeah, right. Um, it, really, it really hurts a lot. But it just, in the background, behind FP, it was... 
it was Fred Andrews, and then it was Sheriff Keller, who I will always call Sheriff Keller, even though I know he's not a sheriff anymore, but just like leaning on the bar behind him, drinking drinks. It was like, man, I just want to talk about dominoes. I want to knock down, you know what I mean? <laughs> bam, ba bam, ba bam. Gimme, 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 gimme. Ooh, I love a daddy. We didn't even get into the whole um, age discrepancy of the fact that there's no way FP is 50, especially with all the flashbacks in high school. We have figured out that they're definitely in their late 30s, but you know. <laughs> What timeline? You know, like, what What timeline is this? It doesn't really... <laughs> it's Riverdale, yeah. baby. Forget it, Jughead. It's Riverdale. You know, when you're a teen, everybody between the ages of mid-30s and mid-50s is basically the same age anyway. They just old. They just daddy age. And we do <laughs> know that. Thank you guys so much for joining us this week. We are going to be watching... Oh, man. This musical episode could be great. It could be great. It could be the worst. I don't know. <laughs> you know. You know, I was not fond of the last musical episode. No, me neither. <laughs> However, remember in the last musical episode when, what's her name? Dumb bitch. Midge. Midge. When she was hung up against the scenery, like scenery murdered as fuck. So something's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The stakes were, I liked the plot of the last musical episode. I just could not cope with the singing. And I love musicals. I'm not familiar. Are you familiar with the Heathers musical? I'm not. I'm not either. So I wonder if it is like, I wonder if it's going to be singy, singy, mm -hmm. or how singy it's going to be, or is it going to be talk singy? I'm hoping since Reggie just had a big scene, that means Reggie's going to be forced to sing in an, in a scene, which I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm ready for it. I mean, it'll be it'll be great. I just I just kind of want them to do. What if they did like a Les Mis musical? You know, I feel like that oh. I would be here for. Oh, just <laughs> oh, oh, oh! But I would. I just the, even the second you said that, I just was like, and then this person would be this. Person yeah, exactly. Be, yes, like, I love this. How, I love this. I love this. How fun would I, Archie would obviously be Jean Valjean. Yeah, but at the same time, I wish we could do the daddy version of it because then we would bring. Uh, Andrew, uh, Fred Andrews back from the dead and he would play Jean Valjean because that would be perfect. Yeah, he would be. He would be a much better Jean Valjean and then Andrew, uh, Archie could be Marius. Oh my God, yes! All right, we can't get into this conversation. <laughs> 20, You're exciting me for something later. that doesn't exist. <laughs> Just still going. Who cares? What about the rest of our work? I don't have any other work. Let's, let's dream for a little bit longer. <laughs> We love you guys so much. Thank you for joining us for today's Riverdale Roundup. It was spicy. It was spicy. And man, I'm going to continue thinking about that fuck scene between Cheryl and Titi for a while. I'm here for it. Thank you, Molly. And um, dude, we'll talk to you guys next week about a fucking musical. I cannot wait. Love you guys. I can't wait. Love you, mate. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.